Welcome to this week's Zen Teachings Podcast. This episode's entitled Achieving Excellence. There's a lot of different ways that we describe achieving excellence, achieving mastery, really reaching the summit of, of whatever it is that you do wanting to be at that level. And I think that anybody who's gotten there, even even briefly, we, we understand that the road to that excellence, for lack of a better word, is is long and difficult, right? It's not it's not something you can rush, and it's not something, unfortunately, that you can fast forward your way through. And by now, you've heard me talk about you have to put in the work, but here, you really need to endure every moment, and you've got to be present and the best version of yourself for every trial, for every test, for every everything. Um, the most. In my life, and, and I admit that I come from a biased background, I did grow up in the dojo, but the most simple and complete truth that I ever had uh, the pleasure of hearing regarding this subject was spoken by a student whom I admire. His name is John Allen. And it was years ago now, but John Allen was testing for our highest rank, and he said, everyone can be a black sash, but not anyone can be a black sash. And that, that really resonated to me because at first you think it's just semantics, right? And you think, you know, what does this mean? But what it meant to me and what I think he meant by it is that every individual, all of us, by, by the very fact of our own existence, we're all endowed with the potential to achieve this rank, like I said in the dojo, or this promotion in your job or or this whatever it is that you're trying to be. And, and the fact is there's nothing that you'll ever need in your life that's not already within you. So I mean the medicines, the motivation, the strength, all that you seek, all that we take externally are already within. But as a people, we don't really understand this and, and we don't really look within, so we refuse to take them. And sometimes, <clears throat> Rather than doing the work, we have external forces, you know, pushing this cure or that cure. Or instead of having to, you know, to, to do the work to get into shape, we have 15-minute abs. Or your arm hurts a little bit and they offer you Vicodin, you know, instead, instead of saying, can you tough it out? And we don't understand it. We don't look within. And then so we don't take what we're supposed to be taking. And far too, pe too few people have the courage because that's what it takes to actually look inside of yourself and encounter yourself. And fear in itself, it can be crippling. And no one remembers the individual who played it safe. And as I've, I've told you before, I mean, I am, by virtue of giving these talks, it doesn't mean that I don't still get afraid. You know, I still get afraid of failure. I get scared of embarrassment. There's sometimes, if I'm in a competition setting or if I'm on the mat sparring, if I'm trying out for a team when I was younger, I still get uh, scared, you know, scared of some of the people that could actually hurt me, scared that, scared that they'll actually outdo me. It, it, never, it never goes away completely. The difference and the biggest strength that I have is not, I've never been accused of being the world's greatest physical martial artist in the world, the world's greatest athlete. But what I have now is that when I feel something creeping up, I make a point to dive in completely until it either kicks my butt or I emerge victoriously. You either win or you learn. 
and I believe that with all of my heart. And there can be obviously absolutely no guarantee of victory, but even worse is, is I despise weakness. And what I can guarantee you is that I will not quit. That doesn't mean that there's anything <clears throat> particularly, again, special about me, except that like so many of the people that I admire, that, that I've met through my years both on this earth and in this dojo, I've consciously adopted this code. Just just don't quit. I remember being afraid as a child of, of regular childish things like, like uh, dark rooms or scary movies. And my father used to make me be in those rooms until I wasn't afraid. If, if I was afraid to go up and ask for something at a store, he would say, go do it. Because only by focusing on it can you learn to control it and not let it control you. And I've told this story before, and I, and I think I've made it clear how I feel about Sifu Brown and, and what he means to me. I mean, I've had the honor of being a student for over 20 years. And our relationship over the course of those two decades has evolved from student teacher to mentor to friend to brother to really honestly one of my most trusted confidants. And in all the years, and really with all the things he's taught me, both about martial arts and, and by virtue of that about myself, the proudest I've ever been of him was at a retreat that we hold. We have a retreat every year, uh, and we've been doing it for 20 years. And, and typically it involves a lot of physical practice. There's also a lot of meditation. And, and sometimes there's uh, demonstrations. And we'll do things like sparring or, or breaking or, or, or whatever it is. And um, many of the people that didn't know, and you don't know because he doesn't let it on, but Sifu at the time was in terrible physical condition. He was, he was extremely sick. Um, he was in pain all the time, and he was like anybody. You know, we, we all practice it changes as we get older, right? I can't do the same things for the same length of time that I could at 20. You know, and it's just it's a matter of now you've got aching knees and backs and these kind of things. And we're not any of us immune to it, but his body was hurting, and he was really frustrated that he could not do this one thing that he used to do all the time. And so the topic of the demonstration, oftentimes we'll get there, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the topic of what he was going to do came up. And for those who've never witnessed it, it's, it's really amazing, and I'll try to explain it. Even if you have no martial arts background, let me, he takes what's called a guan. A guan is a weapon, it's a long, almost like a bow that you probably would have seen, um, if you watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's a long stick, but it's thinner. And so it's actually, it's pliable. Um, what he does is he, he takes this, has another student hold it, and he places the bow into his throat. And he bends forward until the weapon actually bends. From there, they take all these concrete uh, bricks and there may be two inch slabs um, they place three four five on his back and while the the guan is actually stuck in his throat another student will break the concrete with a sledgehammer over his back completely reduces the blocks to powder and all the time like I said the sharp weapon is actually in his throat the uh, 
the only thing in a situation like that that keeps him alive is years of training. And I wouldn't suggest I wouldn't do it. And I wouldn't suggest you go try this either. But his ability to focus and channel is just his chi, his his willpower is, is what works. And this, I guarantee you, would be impressive even if you'd never heard of or seen anything like this before. I had, though. But what made it particularly impressive that time was the conversation we had the night before. Um, Sifu has always been, again, he's, he's strong. He doesn't show a lot of weakness, but that night he was in a pretty state, just a, just a the deep state of despair, you know, because we do have new students all the time. And, and there were many who had never seen the demonstration. And it's something that he used to be known to do. And there were so many students who hadn't seen it. And I'll never forget that we were talking and literally with tears in his eyes, he told me he was going to do it. You know, he was going to do it the next night. And I was going to do whatever it is I do. I forgot. And, um, but even though quite a few people told him he shouldn't, he said he was going to, you know, and he looked me in the eye and he said, Rudy, this is what I do. And it's what I love. And if I can't do it anymore, then I don't want to be here. And Sifu meant it. And I knew at that point that that's what was going to happen. And I could just only hope for the best and trust in his training and believe that he could do it. But he was willing to give his life to face a test to better himself as a person. I've got tons of stories of people that suffer these terrible injuries um, and, and they keep pushing. You know, they decide if it takes, if it's got to be with one arm, it'll be with one arm. If, if their knee is messed up, they're going to keep going. And, of course, that doesn't mean that you put yourself all the time in extreme danger. But we've all been there, haven't we, when we're, you know, running or we're working out and, and you're starting to get that little stitch in your side and, and you feel like it would just be so much easier to quit. But these people don't, you know, and, and because of that, they're my heroes and and frankly, without having met you, the fact that you're attempting to better yourself, that you're attempting to do something that's out of your comfort zone, that makes you my hero. And, and, I, and I draw strength from your accomplishments. And every time you accomplish that one more rep or that one more lap around the track or whatever it is, or you stay an hour late at work or you're dealing with putting your wedding together and, and you spend an hour up when you know you have an early morning meeting, um, when you get up, when it's so much easier to stay down. Every time you gain a level of mastery over something that was impossible for you a year ago. I know, and I believe this with all my heart, that if you're going to do that, I have no right to give you anything less than the same. I've got to bring the best of me to the best of you because that's what you're doing. And in this sense, I was, I was thinking about how do you describe this, right? I mean, to me, a life well lived is, is like a candle. You know, it requires a spark. You know, a candle doesn't spontaneously just light. It requires a spark, but then it's dependent upon its own self to continue to exist. Eventually, the fuel is gone and it's dead. You know, the dojo in my life can be the match, but the candle doesn't produce its own light and warmth, sustainably anyway, unless it uses itself for fuel. So maybe it's your kids, maybe they're your spark, maybe it's your job, they're your spark, but they're not going to always be there. At some point, you've got to start consuming yourself for the fuel, and that's who we all are. We're all the candle. We consume ourselves 
really to serve our purpose on this planet. You know, a, a candle is intended to give light, right? And in order for it to fulfill that purpose, the candle must burn its own wax. You know, and there's 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 two types of candles, and, and we all have them at our grandmother's house. <laughs> they're those that sit on the shelf. You know, they, they're never lit, and they're never marked by, um, you know, the intense burning. They're, and there's those who provide hours of light, and eventually they're reduced to a pool of wax needed to be tossed out. And we may not like the analogy. I admit, thinking of yourself as a burned out pool of wax isn't super pleasant. And we don't like maybe the analogy or the thought of the eventual natural fate of a well-used candle, but but what are they being saved for? You know, it, it, it's better to me to live life as intended and use it to the best of your ability to provide as much light and energy as possible for as long as possible. And then when your time's done, your time's done. You know, we have this fascination with uh, with leaving some in the tank, if you will. You know, I say if you're going to run a car from Hertz, turn it on empty. You know, you're meant to shine. Don't be afraid of your own greatness. And, and you really, like I said, I owe you what I can do. Don't rob the world of your light. If there's something you can do, do it to the best of your ability. You know, to live, to live halfway, if we're going to be full of this fear, this reservation, in my opinion, it's the biggest, it's the most egregious sin that any of us can commit. It's got to be the most just asinine philosophy. It's and, and the ones who proclaim it are all these people that are quote unquote lovers of life, you know. Um, but how many revolutionary, truly world changing ideas are buried within the cowards who are too afraid to share them? I know you've probably got a few things you thought about doing. I would have been a really good X, great Y, great Z, but you are afraid because in your regular existence you're safer and sometimes they don't like to step outside of that zone the thing is though is that life is a compilation of moments you know we've all had loss we've all had things we've talked about before that we wish we'd done things differently but once these moments pass they're gone forever you know they're gone absolutely forever and if you love life if you respect it, I guess is what I'm saying. If you're at all grateful for it, then you gotta live each and every moment like it's your last. You know, because they're they're what life is made of. I remember, I don't know where I read it, but <clears throat> the key to immortality is the first of a life worth remembering. And the fact is, if you want to take it back to the candle, nobody remembers the candle that's on the shelf. Good times are had with friends and family basking in the radiance of a well-used candle, fulfilling its purpose in this universe. And that's how memories are made. And that's just, like it or not, that's what it is. And in order for your life to be worth anything, what I need you to do, take that back, I don't need you, what I need you to need to do is to live 100%. You've got to be willing to fight so hard you know, so hard to improve yourself that you're willing to give your last breath. You know, and, and I know that it may sound harsh, but if you don't accept this, it, it's a fund, if you don't accept it as a fundamental axiom of your existence, then really you've already stopped living. 
And in truth, all you're doing is you're waiting around for time to cut you down, which it will eventually. I mean, whether we like it or not, you can drink all the green smoothies you want. But time is a blade as bloody as any other, and it will catch up, and you can't beat it. And it's coming, and eventually it'll win. I've also heard that in those last moments, it's extraordinary, extraordinarily rare, if ever, that we regret things that we've done. That's not what torment, torments us. It's, it's what we left undone. One quote I do remember Robert Kennedy said, Only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. So whether it sits well with you or not, that's just the truth. And that's, and that's what it is. So in this regard, I want you to learn to find comfort in discomfort. I want you to seek out tests as often as possible. And I don't mean for reasons, if you're in a dojo somewhere practicing, great, I think you should, but I don't mean for childish reasons like rank and prestige. But because it's only through pushing yourselves through our own limitations that we're able to grow. It's only through that through that push that we can grow as individuals. And it's better to give our last in, in, in the quest for greatness and, and self-mastery than to live in the shadows of, of fear, complacency, banality. Like, I just, you know, I, I never really... I did okay, but I never really rose to all I should, and and you're just happy being this average person because you're not happy. You're, you're you're existing, and I think you owe more to yourself and to those around you than to just exist. So why why do I feel that? Why do you need to seek these tests? Well, the thing is, the reason they're tests is that I've never known one to come at a good time, and if it really is a test, it's going to be hard. If it's not, it's just day-to-day. True tests never come at a good time. They're always difficult. And you've got to accept all of this about about all tests. Understand that. If you, if you can take that as a fact, then you run headlong into accepting the challenge with the same, the same passion, the same just excitement that you feel when you're being reunited with, with um, I don't know, say a long lost loved one. Think about the first girlfriend or boyfriend you had and you hadn't seen each other in a week, which to a 16, 17 year old is 35 years. And so you just, you ran into their arms. You know, we're, we're all of us being continually tested and they give us strength. And strength is power and power over the self is the point. That's it. You've got to seek out and pass every test or you got to die in the effort you know the end is not the goal every moment is the goal and it's worth repeating and i and i believe this with all of my heart test result in strength strength leads to power and power is the point the truly powerful are more powerful because they're not afraid to feel you know you got to embrace all the emotions the whole spectrum of emotions from the heights of of just transcendent joy to the depths of hatred and despair you know fearless you've got to welcome whatever path life sets us on whatever destiny it lays out for us all of this you know both the heights the highest of the highs and and the lowest of the lows just it gives us the opportunity for lack of a better word to further refine who we are as individuals and to sharpen our minds 
to sharpen our wills, uh, to sharpen our, our spirits into tools that are ready to eagerly accept whatever challenge, whatever happens. The philosopher uh, Martin Heidegger, he said, anyone can achieve their fullest potential. The path we follow is always of our own choosing. We should never allow our fears or the expectations of others to set the frontiers of our destiny. Your destiny can't be changed, but it can be challenged. Every man is born as many men and dies as a single one. I don't know why random quotes stick out to me, but I think that's a pretty good one. And I think you should really think about it. But like the candle, you got to be willing to consume yourself if you're to have any actual life. Consume yourselves. Be your own fuel. Use what the universe has given you to unlock your highest potential and to be the person you're destined to be. A person who doesn't do this is completely useless and then they're trapped and they're weighed down by futile love and desires if, if they're not really aware of who's residing within and that's what you're doing right now. You're learning more about who is within you. So you, can, you can't be true to yourself if you don't know yourself. And if you know yourself and you're still not being true, that's even, even worse. You know, only when we're aware of this and when we're actively pursuing it, when it's everything, only then, when life has been lived to its fullest, to its totality, will we be ready for the next journey. And whatever your beliefs are, if that's heaven, nirvana, or reincarnation, whatever that is, you can face that without fear of what's going to come next because you've gotten everything you can out of this life. And that, as far as I'm concerned, is the secret to not only, you know, Black Sash, being a good father, being a good mother, being a good brother, sister, daughter. But it's a secret to any goal in life. You've got to go for it with the entirety of your being. You've got to dive into yourself and master the, as Sifu says, the battle within. He says the battle is within. When you master that battle, the road, you know, you say, Rudy, how do I do that? The road seems hidden because it's not outside of you. It's in you. It's an absolutely private path where, where nobody else has ever traveled. Nobody on this world has ever traveled your path. You've got to do the work. You forge the path inside with every action and every move you make and, and with every attitude you take towards everything. It's not the same for everybody and it's not it's not ready made. You know, this is this is by design. You know, nothing happens accidentally, but it, it's because self-discovery, true self-discovery, the kind you make by looking into yourself, I can't do it for you. Sifu can't do it for you. Your mom and dad can't do it for you. Your wife can't do it for you. No one else can enter there. You're the only one who can go there. Do the best at everything you do. Every time, every day, every moment, moment to moment, the best you can do. Fear and doubt and despair, these things never go away fully. You know, and, and, and I've said, and I'll be the first to admit, I'm not going to lie to you and say that I've conquered any of them. Or that uh, I walk around and I'm never afraid now. Or that I don't get down on myself. I, I do. But however, I can promise you 
that they're not going to conquer me. While I, while I am not going to beat these emotions and these regular facts of life from, from happening, I can promise you they're not going to conquer me. And I haven't been able to do this alone. You know, it's because of the people that I choose to surround myself with and what it means to me and at the risk of bragging, the work that I've put in. You know, and, there, and I'll leave you with one more saying, because I, I love sayings, I guess. But my grandmother told me, lay down with dogs, get up with fleas. <laughs> so you got to choose the right people that you're going to be around, and they should be the kind of people that lift you up. And you should choose what you put into your mind, what you put into your heart, not garbage telling you that you're not any good or not that person who's been abusing you for years and, and you start to believe that maybe this is what I deserve. Choose those people that lift you up, that want to see the best for you because you can't do it alone. You know, while, while you walk the path alone, it's tough to stay on it and you need to have the right kind of people around you. Um... And, you know, sometimes we don't all start with the same deck. And, and I admit that in some respects, mine's been stacked. I've got parents whom I adore, and, and they, they've taught me love, compassion, strength, um, devotion, so many other things. And they give me somebody I strive every day to be the type of son they can be proud of. You know, my sister is an amazing woman, and she makes me proud every day. You know, fate, like I said, has, has stacked my deck of people who I know I have to live up to. And it keeps me in line, and, and I love them with all my heart. But I bet that if you took a few people in your life, it may not be your parents, or maybe it is. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But there's somebody who you know, you better bring your A game. You find those people, and if you don't know them, then go find them. You know, join join the right kind of place and find people that hold you accountable to be the best person you can be at all times. And I, in my regular life, maybe in future podcasts, it'll be more apparent and we have other people on here, but I joke around about a lot of stuff. But there's nothing I take more seriously than this. And I'm begging you all to approach every, if it's in the dojo, every class, drill, every rep, if it's outside of the dojo, everything that you find worth spending your time on with, that's the right, with, with the desperation. I want you to be desperate to be great. Find desperation for greatness. Never settle for anything less than the best you can be. And I'm not going to lie to you. I selfishly need you to continue to make that your mission because I need you to bring that out of me because I can't do it by myself. So as I see you with your struggles, I know I owe you the best that I can be. You know, as, as Sifu told me every day since I was 14, environment is stronger than will. You know, we, can, we can have great willpower, but eventually your environment's going to start to wear on you. And I would highly encourage you to, to stay in this program, to find people in your own day-to-day -day lives who foster the kind of environment that you want. You know, and I, I can say that the people that I've surrounded myself with have given me that environment. And 
the ones who don't, I know to spend as little time with as I possibly can. Um, but in many ways, you guys, the fact that I know that there's people out there that want to learn about lessons in mindfulness, that want to learn about meditation, you know, you, you, you make me strong because you give me faith in people. And I hope that one day I can provide the same thing for you. And if I can, then Mr. Allen's right. Anyone can be a black sash. <laughs>